Welcome. I'm Reverend Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Lectionary Reflections for June 10, 2023. Today's Old Testament lesson is from Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 20. A Word of Faith. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut them in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire part firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, To your descendants I give this land, from the wadi of Egypt to the great river the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Raphites. We meet Abraham and Sarai, later to be known as Abraham and Sarah, as a nondescript couple from a place called Ur of the Chaldees, a few chapters earlier in the opening biblical book of Genesis. It's noted that Sarai is barren or childless. The Lord decided to choose a people for God's own name, a singular people to become a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. The idea was that God would bless all other nations through this one nation. So in what becomes something of a divine pattern, God chooses a most unlikely couple, 
old and childless, to become father and mother of this new nation, to bless all other nations on earth. The Lord called them from their country of origin to leave and go to a new place. Lo and behold, Abram and Sarai did just that. They left all they ever knew and journeyed to the new land, believing the promise of God, even though it didn't make much sense. And there they waited for a child who would become the first of their many descendants, the child of promise. And they waited. Time passed. They made a few sojourns into Egypt and back over the years. Still no child. More time went by. Abram and Sarai were old when they came to the new land. Now they are really old. And still no child. Then finally, the Lord broke the silence. God's initial words after all this time were, don't be afraid. We discover that anytime we hear that phrase spoken by the Lord, something good is about to happen. In fact, it's great news. But Abram seems discouraged, even with a fresh heart-to-heart -heart with God. He and Sarai are still without a child. Instead of joy over God's speech, Abram laments the ache of childlessness. Even though by this time Abram was wealthy, prosperous, and of good reputation, he feels the sting of a promise yet unfulfilled. God has still not granted him progeny for blessing the world. Lament is at its core a complaint, an expression of grief in losing something or someone, or as in Abraham's case, of never having that something or someone to begin with. It's actually important for us to essentially make our problems into God's problems, to tell God about our deepest hurts, our unmet hopes. And to do that is to implicate God in those hurts and hopes. It is to involve God in our disappointment. In lament, we cry out to God in the belief that the Lord can and will respond to our painful cries and our deep desires. We believe God has the power and ability to respond. To complain to God is to have faith that God is faithful to divine promises, in spite of any nonsensical present circumstances. Concerning matters about which God has made a promise, to complain is to remind the Lord of those unmet promises. In his lament, Abram was implying that God had not kept the promise and had not yet proven faithful. Far from feeling perturbed that Abram laments instead of rejoices, God in fact responds by doubling down on the original promise. Not only will there be a child, but that child's descendants will be too many to even begin counting. The Lord invited Abram to move his head from looking down at the bare ground to looking up at the magnificent stars and in gazing upon the heavens, listening to the God whom he serves. Abram believed the Lord, and it was this faith which was credited to him as righteousness. God is okay with being implicated in our problems. In fact, God welcomes it. Our deep grief, 
Our prayerful complaints are a way of speaking which reminds God that God has promised to be faithful to divine promises. God doesn't at all mind being held accountable to promises he has made. Then the Lord further responds by making a tangible expression of the intangible promise by means of a special sacrifice. God instructed Abram to involve some animal sacrifices and arrange them in a certain way. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking fire pot, pot and a flaming torch passed between the arranged pieces of the sacrifice. On that day, through a ritual observance, God made a covenant with Abram. To make a covenant in the ancient world, animals were cut in half, and then the persons making the covenantal commitment walked down the middle between the animals. In Abram's ritual, however, it was the Lord, in the form of a smoking pot and a flaming torch, who passed down the middle, and thus was the one making the promise. The symbolism of the covenant ritual is this. The one making the promise passes between dead animals as a ritual promise that if they should be unfaithful to the terms of the covenant, they are to be cut in half just as the sacrificed animal. In other words, when the Lord passed between the cleaved goat, sheep, ram, and birds, God was pledging complete commitment to Abram. In Christianity, the gospel is a free promise by God that requires the death of God. The promise of God to Abram, Christians believe, ultimately led to the very death of the Son of God, Jesus. In order to be faithful to the divine promise to Abraham and Sarah and their descendants, and to David, God took on human flesh, walked between the pieces, and died so that we might have life. Romans chapter 4, verses 16 and 17 say, Therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Amen.